Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I'm your host, D-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D-Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guessed it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts for absolutely free. 99 Podcast Week rolls on. If you've been with us all week, you already know what you've heard, but in case you haven't, on Monday, we had the homie Mike in to talk a little NBA free agency. On Tuesday, Michael Felder, all things important, came on and told me how dumb I was to be a fan of the Georgia football team. And then yesterday, Nada came on and we talked a little NFL news and notes around the league. But today, I return a guest that's been much clamored for since the rumors of podcast week started by me. I started my own rumors. Um, you asked for it. I couldn't keep her away from you. Ladies and gentlemen, the latest edition of Between Two Pollens, because right here, we've got Susan, my much better half. Hello, Susan. Hi. It's an honor, as usual. You say that now, but by the end of this, you're going to be like, and that's why they call you Susan's husband. So um, I'm excited to see you devolve into that. We're here today, podcast week, your first podcast week appearance. It's about um, time. Yeah, well, that was fast. Um, we first podcast week appearance, and because kind of the UD pod whole what I'm doing with this is going to be kind of open up to whatever I want to talk about, I figure we should delve into some of the things that you and I have gotten into over quarantine. And what's funny is we were doing the timeline for this podcast, and it turns out it's pre quarantine. Yes, yes, just barely though. And I'm, just I mean, barely. quarantine has been. You know, it's 10 years long at least. So the idea that this started before quarantine is mind-blowing. It's It really is mind-blowing. Um, so we have kind of been trapped inside like everyone else over the last year and a half. And Susan, I take this opportunity to continue brainwashing Susan. Indoctrinate, I think, is the word that you're um, looking for. But neither is great. Um, but through that, we've been doing that through television and kind of kind of showing her the things that I love and trying to make her understand or, or show why I love them. And one of those things on the back, on the heels of the debut season of The Mandalorian, which ended at the end of 2019, I got Susan to watch Clone Wars. And from there, she's evolved into something of a Star Wars fanatic, so bad to the point where I had to explain to her there are certain things that I'm not going to let her say on the podcast because we don't, we're not those kind of fans. I didn't realize there were there would be uh, rules that I'd have to follow, you, but the, that's fine. The things you want to say, you can't say. I'm not going to say those things. Thank you. All Don't right. Worry. So, again, this is a podcast where we're going to kind of explore Star Wars, kind of what, how we got here, how I've tricked my mother and also my father into like delving deep into the world of Star Wars, and we're going to start with kind of your. Well, I guess let's start with Star Wars. Star Wars is a space opera science fiction i guess epic i guess at this point it's just kind of like a universe where so much happens and they've got so many different ways they can interact with it but when susan and i started dating she did not have a deep appreciation for the world george lucas had created i think that's a that's like the perfect way to describe it because i i mean who does who doesn't who isn't aware of star wars like it's right. it's a f phenomenon you know like it's 
it's huge. It's its own universe and it spans decades. So like our generation and, and our parents' generation, you know, like it's a right. big part of our lives, but I just, you know, it was always in passing, I would say. Never really under, yeah, I never really paid attention enough to care, which I just can't even believe I'm saying that now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ashamed. Um, So, so Mandalorian hits, and it's a cultural phenomenon. And you watched it, you enjoyed it. It's basically an old Western in space, very self-contained. At least the first season felt that way, which is kind of what Dave Fioni does. We'll talk about that as we go on the podcast. But when we left that, I didn't immediately, I didn't have success immediately in getting you to, to try the rest of it. But once uh, we're deep into quarantine and the final season of Clone Wars came out. So Clone Wars had this truncated, weird release schedule for its entire existence. But at the back end of it, once Disney Plus rolled out and they had started doing everything, they announced that the final season of Clone Wars would air February 2020. And if you'll remember, February 2020 is right on the heels of excuse me, on the toes, on the precipice of COVID, of quarantine, of this new altered normal that we're trying to adjust to even to this day. And I waited because I didn't know if it would be something that she could get into immediately. But when you got to the Mand- the Mandalor- the, the, the Siege of Mandalore, the last few episodes, when I could show Susan an aspect of the things we'd seen on Mandalorian and kind of how it was translated to this other show, I think that's what hooked you. Am I wrong? No, you're totally right. And I, now that I like think about it, I, I remember you, I remember watching you watch Clone Wars because I'm pretty sure you like, you know, like we all have something on the background, like, right. like we live in the same house, like we exist in the same spaces. So I, I remember watching you rewatch Clone Wars leading up to those, was it three episodes that came out? Yeah, very end. Yeah, so I remember you re-watching it again and being like, huh. And then you got me to actually sit down and focus. <laughs> but I think it's because you were re-watching that while we were also experience, like watching The Mandalorian. Right. So I was like piecing stuff together, you were explaining things to me, but for sure that is when the interest was sparked. And then also, you know, what else were you gonna do? Exactly, you trapped inside, there's nothing to do. It's a good time to brainwash your spouse. Um, indoctrinate, I believe the word we're using, I apologize. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> so you get from the Clone Wars and it's really your first foray into even animated storytelling. And for, I mean, people haven't watched it before. If you haven't watched it, you should go watch it. But going from there and letting that be the basis for your Star Wars experience or knowledge, how did that kind of prepare you and have you interact with the universe? I think it, I don't know, like Darth Vader, and Anakin, they're like looming characters over the entire story right. that most, you know, like the the movies especially, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think starting off with the Clone Wars that, you know, it exists in this, it, at the begin kind of, you know, the beginning of the, the epic story of Star Wars, right. not the very beginning, but towards the beginning. And you just get to know these characters so well. And also because it's a show, you get to really experience the universe. You know, like you're not watching it in, you know, two hour chunks that that jump in time. So it's I don't know. It like really hooked me and made me excited to watch pretty much anything else I could get my hands on. <laughs> What's really funny is uh, it, it's, it's you're 100 percent right. It's 
it, it grabs you and hooks you and allows you to kind of care about these characters because the fall of Anakin Skywalker is only tragic if you care about Anakin Skywalker. And I think yes. a lot of the critics of the prequels would say that the movies didn't do an effective job of creating that emotional hook. Because when we finished Clone Wars, you went back and watched the entire series in order. So you started with the prequels, which when they came out, much derided, but you came to them through the lens of Clone Wars. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think that because I kind of started my rewatch of the films in the films. <laughs> Who am I? The movies. Um, in chronological order, after watching Clone Wars, I, I feel like I, because I mean, Anakin's character threads through everything. Right. In some way or another, even if it's just, you know, what you experience of him, like you experience that with other characters later on. So I, I don't know. I feel like, but I don't know. What can I say? I love the Clone Wars. <laughs> it's great. No, I, I love Anakin. It's fun about Clone Wars. It kind of models how Fioni would later do all of his series. The first season's kind of a, oh yeah, dip your toe, and this is fine and normal. And then by the second or third season, it's gotten really wild. And it's so funny watching you watch Clone Wars, and each like every five episodes, you're trying to be like, kids watch this, and I'm like, yeah, kids, kids watch this, because. Yes, there are the light and fun droid episodes. Yes, that's exactly what I was about to say. Is they the way they intersperse those? It's just mm -hmm. like enjoyable, but also very heavy. <laughs> yeah, but I think it always comes back to what Fioni said that George Lucas told him: said these stories have to be about hope. They have to give kids hope. They have to give kids the idea that that good is good. And it's so wild that even through that message is, is woven throughout. It's just on. If you watch all seven seasons, it's a very much staunchly anti-war. For sure. It's if, if if every Clone Wars kid took the message to heart and be like, oh, that's a good step in the right direction. Well, I, just the idea of a clone, like I don't, mm -hmm. it, I don't know that I would have, and this is probably different for other, like for sure, different for other people. But I don't know that I would have had. I don't know that I would have fully wrapped my head around like what the clones are and represent if I had just watched the movies. Hmm. Like watching the Clone Wars and like getting to know, like you get to know the characters, you know the clones. Right. You know, like they're all, like they're differentiated like individuals. Right. They're not just to, like, yeah. They, like They tackle ideas of like, what is a man and what the, the clones that desert and decide I don't want to fight. Is that even an option? Yep, exactly. So I don't know. That's, I just feel like my experience of the movies is mm -hmm. much more enriched because I watched Clone Wars first, really. I mean, I guess I watched The Mandalorian first, but, but I mean, yeah. every, everyone watches The Mandalorian. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it was a true, like, like you said, cultural phenomenon. The whole world was involved, invested. Yep. I used that as my end and be like, I bet I can brainwash her. <laughs> well, here we are. <laughs> here we are talking about Star Wars. All right. So um, I did a little bit more about Clone Wars before we move on. What I really liked about the series, and I think resonated with you, is that it's able to be so many different things. It's able to, to tackle all these things because it's covering a large-scale war. And then so when we decide to go then watch the prequels, which there are a lot of people who think you should watch the movies a certain way. The Ridley Sword, the Machete Order. Susan watched the Chronological Order. And I think for you it was a good base so that the rest of it as the story builds out and becomes more cyclical and kind of 
reaches that epic place, it still comes from this place that you recognize. For sure. But like, I, I feel like I probably would have had to go back and like Google things to understand what's happening. <laughs> like, clearly I don't catch on as easily as some, but uh, <laughs> the, the chronological order was enjoyable to me. I liked it. I like to watch it that way. Now I want to watch it again. I'm just talking about it right now. <laughs> it's got me wanting to start over. <laughs> we're not gonna. We're not gonna start over. We're not gonna break down all the movies. But for years, the prequels, the first three, the the chronological films were largely derided by so much of the fan base. And Dave Fioni did the Lord's work by redeeming all those movies. But it's interesting now to even watch them, because like the Phantom Menace is not my favorite movie of all time. But it does, it's not the thing you thought you were going to get because it's about, well, what if a galactic empire became, or galactic republic, excuse me, became an empire? It, it's a lot more political back, back dealings and maneuverings than you thought you'd get from a Star Wars movie until you realize that it's all the same story. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, honestly, it's exactly what we've been saying. Like, that is so much of the series. Mm-hmm. But you, I think... Uh, I cared much more about the things that happened in the prequels because I'd watched Clone Wars. Like I feel yeah. I went into it understanding the characters already. Right. And also knowing the things that people, you know, criticize the films for. Um, and it honestly kind of made me root for the characters more. <laughs> because <Yeah>. I <laughs> Yeah, like I hate I hate that I hate that people have those perspectives. I understand why they have those perspectives. Right. Um, a lot of it is completely valid and true, but I I don't know. Watching Clone, the Clone Wars really I had an emotional investment in the characters, you know, like. Well, it, part of it's uh, the design of, of how you do is uh, how you communicate the characters because yep. you weren't given two hour chunks. You were given seven years of watching Anakin Skywalker learn and grow, and then knowing that he's destined to fail, and then you're watching alongside his Padawan Ahsoka, who the entire time you're like, I'm terrified. This character does not exist in the, in the previous. Yes. <laughs> also, Padme, right. like, is oh just, uh, yeah, like, she gets some action in the prequels, but in the show, she is such a badass. Like, it's so good, and you're just, like, way more invested in their relationship, because their relationship is such a big part of the oh, movies. The yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, but it's also, it's an even bigger part of the show, I would say. Uh-huh. And because of that, it's like, oh, I understand how we got here. Like all of a sudden she's, you know, pregnant out to here and you're like, what the hell's happened? <laughs> what are we doing? But like all of that, I don't know. I just, I was, I feel like I was much more invested in the characters from the jump because of all the things that I already knew. Right on. So logically next you would jump into the, the original trilogy, four, five, and six. But I want to talk about, poss- <laughs> I'm going to ask you right now, which is better, Clone Wars or Rebels? Oh, <laughs> It's so funny because when we did not give a damn about Star Wars. Yeah, well, I remember when we started Rebels, you were like, by the time we finish this, you're not going to be able to tell me which of these shows is better. And I was like, bullshit. Like, there's no way. Like, Clone Wars has got to be better. Clone Wars is so good. And then we finished it, and I was like, I don't, I still don't know. I don't think I know. It's and and uh, for those who don't know, Rebels is. It takes place between episodes three and four. It's basically the beginning of the Rebel Alliance. It it actually leads up into Rogue One. Um, but it is, while the Clone Wars is this big, sweeping, epic, large-scale storytelling, 
Rebels is the story of a small rebel cell that's basically a family. And while you had Clone Wars episodes that would go on different planets, give you a good sense of the universe, for every season with Rebels, you're basically just kind of, for all four seasons, all 75 episodes, you're with this crew. Yeah, there's like a singular, I don't know, message and mission. Hmm. And it's all about, like, this family of people. Like, found family of, not people, beings. I don't know how to, clearly I'm, are, I'm not hip with the lingo. We'll include Chopper as people, too. Okay. Um, oh, Chopper's the best. <laughs> and unlike Clone Wars, this is not the story of the Jedi at their height of their powers. It's the story of the Jedi on the run. And you encounter two Jedi within the series. One, Ezra Bridger, who grows within the series. And it was so interesting, because we we'd never been shown that. We got shown Anakin getting chosen. And then we saw him as a knight, or Padawan going into becoming a knight in the second movie. We saw Ahsoka, she is the first time I meet her, she's on the battlefield. With Ezra, it was like, what if you started him from zero? With with no uh like clear representation, really, right. of a Jedi anywhere near him. You know what I mean? Like we I mean, we end up getting that from uh what's his name? He has like four names, you know what I'm talking about. Kanan. Kanan, well, there we'll we go. Kanan for now. That's a good one for there. Yes, also, yeah, right. Also, that being Freddie Prince Jr., which... I mean, is, like, how that, works well for our generation, you know? Like, <laughs> that doesn't hurt. Like, a heartthrob of my teen years. <laughs> it's very Mr. impressive. Um, Mr. But, Sarah Michelle Geller. I mean... That is, that is his legal name. Uh, he also... It's wild because it, it's it's... To the point where they, when they slipped his voice into the last Star Wars movie, it felt completely in place. Yes. Oh, the way they just the way that everything is threaded together. I, uh, I don't. I love it. It makes me so happy. It's so thoughtful. Mm-hmm. It is so thoughtful. Which, like, when we talk about like Marvel, you know, like it's the same kind of idea. Like, just so thoughtful and honestly, like, so aware of the fan base. Right. And it's, they know, it's so, they know what you want to see. Yes, and they give it to us. And they, they're <laughs> continuing to do it. And it's like, what? what is, why would anyone not want to participate in this? Like, the world is a heavy place. Just enjoy Star Wars. It's great. It's the place where the good guys win most of the time. Because now we're going to talk about the, the, main, the, the original trilogy, 4, 5, and 6. You're now coming into these with a lot more legroom than anyone ever possibly could have had in 1977. And how did those movies land for you? Because it's interesting because for me, they're such a big part of my childhood that it's hard for me to even attempt to divorce nostalgia from how I feel about them. I mean, honestly, these were the newest ones to me. Hmm. Because they, you know, they were out our whole lives. Right. But because they weren't new right. when we were growing up. Uh, and I don't know, I guess there was a lot of like side. I don't know. We weren't like a sci-fi family. Not not even to say that you have to be no, to enjoy Star Wars. Because, because that's another thing we talked about is that how Clone Wars got you used to some of the ideas that are in sci-fi. Like, I spoilers to anyone who's a non-sci-fi person, clones are a very big deal. Pressing concern, if you will, in most sci-fi fiction. And for you to get that kind of almost, not hand-holding, but kind of soft introduction to sci-fi through Clone Wars probably helps you accept a lot of the other things that happen in the universe a lot more easily. For sure. For sure. I mean, just like the, the fantastic elements, you know, right. like 
um, but yeah, but because we, I don't know, I just, I don't have like very vivid memories of watching those movies okay. as a child. And I, I, I know I had seen all of them at some point, but right. I don't know. I was like very excited to get to the original trilogy because, because it was so unfamiliar to me. And because in, I mean, in the, I don't know, I was like, how am I going to feel about Vader? Exactly. Because I know, because I know him, you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, and so to your point, you, sorry, yeah. you go. No. To your point, like I, I know so much going into him compared to how people experience those movies, how most people, even our age, experience yeah. those movies for the first time. So it's just very different for me. And I think it allows you to kind of step back and see the poetry of of, of the story. Yes. It's all one story. It's all woven together. Absolutely. And even like, uh, you know, him. I don't know. Like, like I think I cried <laughs> when he he does the like very famous like Luke, I am your father. Like, I think I cried because it's just like, oh god, like oh, he's he's still in there, you know? Like nobody else felt that way. They didn't even they know what was going. You see at that time. Yes, exactly. But to me, it's like, oh my god, that's his father. That's Anakin. <laughs> it's like that's the moment, and, and this is a little bit of a spoiler. At one point in Rebels. Ahsoka meets up with Darth Vader and cracks that helmet and sees her former master. Oh my God, it's too much. It's I can't <laughs> take it. Yeah, like I'm just so invested in that. I don't know. I there, I got something for Anakin slash Vader. Uh, it, that character, just the depth. Right, and the and the hell they put him through. Yeah, and it's again, it's like uh, we experience that care. We experience the. I don't know, you know what I'm trying to say. We get that character in other forms mm-hmm. throughout the universe of Star Wars, but I think because it's the first time, it's like the beginning of the story to me, um, and my first real attachment to that storyline, It, I just, I love it. So after that, obviously the, the newest trilogy comes out, we, we absorbed that, you rewatched them. Did, for me, the, the sacrifice Luke makes, it makes perfect sense for the story as a whole. That was one of the big divisive moments for people. Did you feel like the new trilogy was in the spirit of the previous trilogy or do you have problems with it? I mean, no, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I don't know that, I don't know that it's my favorite trilogy. I don't know. I. Somehow, potentially, it is my lowest ranked of the three, which is probably for sure the wrong thing to say if you're a Star Wars fan. I agree with you for the wrong reasons, but Mm. you're giving the thought and consideration. I I accept these reasons. Yeah, Uh, and I like again. I uh, I'm a new I'm new here. You know, I would say that I was more nervous having starting this podcast with you than any other time I've been on because I I I love it. It's so enjoyable. I do, and I will be the first to admit that. I'm very new here and inexperienced. I don't know. I can't even remember all the characters' names, which is pretty standard for me. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I've, I'm not like I haven't read all the theories and right. you know spent devoted my life to to watching these stories and understanding them. But I don't know. I'd say they've had a pretty uh, significant impact on on my life and like being a fan of media in the last two years. That's awesome. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up soon. Mandalorian season two, Fiona did the thing again, where he opens up the universe. And 
We got a live action Ahsoka for the first time ever. Susan. I can't even believe it. <laughs> so well casted. Such a badass. Like, just so well executed. It and was, I don't, no one's surprised by it, you know? It was directed by Fioni. He turned it into a samurai western. It was something out of um, 1970s Clint Eastwood. It was beautiful. It was really, really well executed. And then, obviously, the Luke reveal at the end of the season, but the whole season, it felt more connected to the what you're hearing locations from Rebels and people's names from Clone Wars. And it's just so fulfilling. And of course, these are shows you can watch and enjoy and not have all those wasted or spent all the time that we have on them. But if you have these connections, it pays off so much better and it's so much more fulfilling, I think. So when you hear the name Ezra Bridger come out of Rosario Dawson's mouth. I mean, you can't, I can't wait. A little bit. And can't. with the knowledge that we're getting on an Ahsoka show and that Ezra Bridger has been cast, I just don't know that people understand. Yeah, they don't, and that's, that's fine. It's fine. What a character she is! Like <laughs> such a such a fantastic character. I, I have high hopes for the series. I hope we get Harrison Dula. I hope we get Sabine Wren. I hope we get Zeb. I hope we get everyone. Um, this is my last pitch for the series, both series, Rebels and Clone Wars. You until the the most recent trilogy, excluding the most recent tri- trilogy. In the in the shows, you get so many awesome like female or like femme characters that are just pure badasses, and it's so fun. It is so fun. Like you, the 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 universe expands in a way, and you just get that that I don't know. It's just so impactful to the story, and the characters they layer on are so good. So the idea that we're getting these characters in live action shows. Ooh! I can't well, wait. Well, even in the, the return to animated with the bad batch that recently wrapped up, we got Caleb doom in the first episode. Like they didn't have to do that. You know, they gave us Harrison Dula for two episodes. They did. They like, they didn't have to do that. And they did. What a <laughs> gift. What a gift. What a gift. They just, so I'm going to tell you some news that just come out before we get out of here. They've already finished shooting Obi-Wan season one. They're apparently starting shooting season three of The Mandalorian very soon. And we're getting Ewan McGregor. And we're getting Ewan McGregor, yes, ma'am. Oh, God. So Whose brother is a, a Royal Air Force pilot. Whose call sign is Obi-2. That's a true story. Heartwarming. Insanely heartwarming. And that's, that's I think that's the thing for us and thing for you. I'm, I'm going to speak for you for a second. Is that... The last year has sucked, guys. And this is something that's designed to make you happy. It's designed to reinforce positivity. Yeah, and it's not, but it's not hollow. Like, it's, it's not, like, cheap joy. Like, not that there's anything wrong with that. Do what you got to do to be happy. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, there's, like, a weight and, like, tenderness. And there's a message mm-hmm. in these movies. And I sound like such a nerd and i don't even know who i am anymore i'm just recording this um, and we can have proof forever this is great yeah i'm gonna have to have a drink after this Ooh, who am i <laughs> well um i just realized something as we we're talking about as we're looking over my notes 
Dave Fioni plays Chopper the entire series. I had no idea. He, he's credited it. as Chopper's credited as himself until the end of the season finale, where series finale, when he's finally revealed as Dave Fioni. That's interesting. I know. Um, yeah. Uh, do you have any hopes, dreams, aspirations for Star Wars right now, or are you just kind of along for the ride, which is the place I've arrived with Marvel? I've stopped guessing. I'm just like, give me what you got. It's clearly going to be good. I don't. I couldn't imagine having that burden of responsibility on my shoulders. I am just <laughs> along for the ride. Like I, <laughs> I, I trust in Dave Fioni wholeheartedly. It's going to be very interesting in our house the second we get a live action Harris and Dula. Like, they're I from both of us, not just from you. I'm not saying this is not an accusatory. This is we both are gonna freak out. So she's, I mean, yeah. she's the pilot. She's so cool. She's the greatest pilot in the Star Wars universe. And yes, that's the truest thing I ever said. Susan, thank you so much for coming out. We're gonna have you on a bunch this fall. Um, we're gonna be working out this other project that you know I've still gotta iron out the details on that one. Keep that under wraps for right now. But I think we're going to have a bit more between two palms. Might even have you on some regular UD pods talk sports. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. You know where I, you know where I live. I, I'll be right here. Can't shake you. Um, <laughs> thanks for doing this. Thanks for coming on talking about a thing that we both love. I really do appreciate it. That is the end of the Thursday of Podcast Week 2021. We're almost at the finish line tomorrow. We're going out our pro wrestling podcast. Normally, it's a breakdown of SummerSlam, but WWE's been acting kind of wild. So we're going to talk about the whole wide world of wrestling tomorrow. Friday, card, subject to change. That was your show. This is your outro. See you guys tomorrow, bright and early, for the end of Podcast Week.